Amen. Thank you, ladies. Hebrews chapter number 10. If you're finding your Bibles, Hebrews chapter number 10. We'll look at verse 25 here to begin our message as we continue the thought that we started out last week in dealing with our theme for 2021, so much the more, taken from this verse, verse 25. And so I'm looking forward as we get into this passage a little bit more. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25. You'll join me there if you need a uh, copy of the Scriptures. There should be one there in front of you in the back of the pew. I certainly would love for you to join us and look at the passage as we study it this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, we're reminded, as Paul writes, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. If we could sum up last week, I would just grab two things from last week's message to remind us what we learned and uh, sum it up. Number one, if you're part of the gathering that is to come. In other words, if you're saved, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, there will be a great gathering in the sky with Christ. And so if you're a part of that, that, you should have a desire and commitment to be a part of the gathering occurring right now. And that is uh, spoken of in this passage. And secondly, we, drove, uh, we, we derive this from the message and from the passage. We are to be moved, resolved, and committed so much the more to not neglect the assembly or the gathering of God's children here on earth. And obviously, the focal point of our assembly is the, the worship service or what we would call the worship gathering. You know, it's sad that it has come to a point when a person says that they are active in church. Sometimes I have to ask them, do you mean that you actively attend worship service? For some, I've asked them, oh yeah, I'm, a- I'm active in church. And then they go on to tell me something to the effect of, well, I go to a class on that night. I go to an activity on that night. And I-, I typically go to that get-together on Saturday. And every once in a while, I'll attend services. That's their definition of attending church regularly. Well, may I just tell you that's sad, yet more importantly, that misses the point of this passage. Paul has laid out for us a grand truth here. See, we finished the service last Sunday, if you remember. I know it's been a whole week ago, and some of us, our, our memory does forget. As the song just told us, we're human, we forget, Amen. And so it's true, some of us forgot, but remember, I mentioned this at the end of the service, even after the invitation and so forth, the fact is this, assembling together, and this passage speaks to it, and really, if you say, Pastor Henry, what, what should I get this morning, what does God want me to get? Well, he really wants to show you and I that assembling together, yes, certainly important, we ought not to forsake it, but assembling together is much more than just showing up at church and sitting in a pew. It is much more than just singing a few hymns and songs and even much more than hearing a sermon. See, in the passage, Paul points to several key crucial ingredients of the assembly of God's family, God's children, that you won't get anywhere else. That really is the point, isn't it? I left with you last week this simple statement. There will never, ever be another gathering that is like that gathering with Christ in the sky that one day we'll have. There isn't. Secondly, there's no gathering here on earth that is like the gathering of God's family in his church to worship him. There's nothing like it, period. May I just, let's put it all on the table. May I just tell you, I sure am thankful for RU on Fridays. I'm thankful for the institute that meets on Monday. I'm thankful for the open gym activities. I, I'm thankful for the occasional heart keepers, lady events like the shower yesterday. I'm, I'm grateful for men's prayer breakfast. I'm grateful for training little hearts. I'm thankful for teen activities. I'm thankful for our visitation program. I'm, I'm grateful for the occasional young at heart activity that we have. But let's be clear. 
Those events and activities, though important, will never, nor should they ever, nor can they ever replace the worship service at FBC. That's, those are good gatherings. And yes, they fall into this. But my friend, there is nothing more important, nothing greater than gathering to worship our God. And Paul says the ingredients of assembling together, he lists them here in this passage, that makes the worship service, listen to me, it makes the worship service fundamental, not optional. It makes the worship service essential, not dispensable. It makes this worship service not merely just a privilege, but a duty. A lofty and joyful duty. You say, Pastor Henry, okay, so what are these ingredients that ought to be here that that we need to make sure that every worship service, uh, that happens? And what is our theme? So much the more. We don't want a wasted gathering. We don't want a wasted assembly. What is that? Well, turn back or look back with me, verse number 19. We read it last week, and we'll add one verse as we read verse 19 through verse 22. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. Verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Okay, so here's the first ingredient. As we gather together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, what's crucial? What's a a necessary ingredient? Well, we hit upon it, kind of introduced it last week, very uh, on the surface, but it's this. Let us draw near. So the question is this, why should you and I not forsake the assembling of ourselves together so much the more in 2021? Because in drawing near, what we are doing is we assemble to experience and enjoy the very presence of our Savior. We assemble together because this is what the Scriptures point out. Well, Paul certainly speaks of we assemble together to draw near, to experience and enjoy the presence of our Savior. May I tell you this morning, we have gathered to, to draw near unto our Christ, our Savior. Oh, yes, Jesus is God, and as He is God, He is omnipresent. Certainly, He is everywhere. But would you see this morning, there's a special sense in which Jesus is here, that He's not out there in the world? You guess that? So crucial. You say, well, uh, how do we know that? Christ himself said it, didn't he? He made that a distinction in the very word that he spoke, the the truth that you and I hold in our hands, the Bible. Remember in Matthew chapter 18, he said this, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, here's the promise, there am I in the midst. Man, I sure am thankful for that. Why did he make that distinction? Because there's a special sense in which Jesus Christ is present in the house of God. As you and I congregate and we assemble and we gather together to worship him and to draw near unto him, uh, the reality is there's a special presence of God here. As you and I have gathered and we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, as we come together, he says, there am I in the midst. Oh, you can't look around and say, okay, he's sitting in that pew. But my friend, Jesus Christ is here. He's here. And my friend, that ought to excite you and I. What if I sent out an email this week and I said some celebrity or I said some president was going to be here at the service? Boy, you'd walk in and you'd be looking for him, wouldn't you? 
Some of you say, yeah, I, I might feel a little under the weather, but, but if they're going to be there, I, I, I've got to get there. This is the only time they're ever going to be at church. I'm going to be there. Hmm. Ought it not to have been that as you and I were coming today, our hearts and minds should have been fixated on, on the reality that we get to see God. We get to be in his presence today. In a special sense, in a unique way that only happens in the very house of God. See, we have gathered together as the family of God this morning, and we are looking forward to God showing up at church. He is here, and we are drawing near to him through Christ and salvation, and yet we want to experience and enjoy his presence. Let's put it into perspective. This is why we gather. See, I sure do enjoy the wonderful music of Fostory Baptist Church. I enjoy, I told you before, I enjoy sitting up here and hearing you sing. But can I tell you, that's not why I came to church this morning. We can enjoy that, and that's a great thing. I sure do hope the preaching is a blessing to you this morning. Can I tell you, though, we don't primarily come to church to enjoy a sermon. I sure do hope you'll listen. You see, I've come to preach, and you've come to listen. I just hope you don't finish before I do, Amen. Two ladies were walking out of church one day and one Sunday, and one said to the other one, what, what do you think about that sermon? What would you think about that? The other one responded, well, number one, he read it. Number two, he didn't read it well. Number three, it wasn't worth reading. Ouch. That might be true of a few sermons here and there, but can I tell you? Okay? Yes, we've gathered, and the primary thing is to draw near to God. But reality is this, a vital part of worship is the preaching of the Word of God. And it's a medium by which we draw near unto God. It directs our attentions and thoughts to God, and it highlights His presence here. And it ought to usher us into the presence of God. You'll hear me often say it, Lord, help us as we sit at your feet. That's the preaching of God's Word. Now listen, hey, we don't come just to hear a message, just to come a sermon. We come to draw near unto God. And the preaching certainly is a great method, and the music is also a similar medium to help us draw closer to God. But it isn't marking the checklist. Well, I came to Sunday morning, and I, boy, I sat through another boring sermon. Shame on us. Shame on us. Because coming to church is not about going and just sitting and listening to a sermon. It's about drawing near unto God. My friend Paul is making it clear, this is a necessary ingredient for you and I assembling and gathering together. See, it's why so many of you have mentioned to me that watching and participating via live streaming is, is just not the same. Oh, we are thankful, intensely thankful for our live streaming ministry and, and how the Lord just worked things and orchestrated things to, to bring it about, to get all the, the, the kinks worked out right before the pandemic happened. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. That's exciting. And, and certainly it is necessary for those who cannot be here because of physical or health issue. I get it. But man, everybody I've talked to, almost till, till one has all said, it's a blessing, but it's just not the same. And so it's true. I myself have watched online, whether because of sickness or whatever the case, and it's just not the same. It's just not like being here and experiencing and enjoying the presence of God with one another in this place. I told you before that before we went out, out west this past summer, we, 
I've seen many videos and pictures of the geysers and the hot springs, and honestly, those pictures, they, they look rather otherworldly with their uh, great uh, palette of, of um, uh, colors and so beautiful and so forth. But I'll tell you, boy, when, when you get out there and you see it, there's nothing like it. Those pictures just don't do it justice. When you stand and gaze into one of those geysers and, and how the sun is hitting it, it changes color, and oh, it's magnificent. And I'll tell you, it, it, you got to see it. You got to be there to enjoy it in all of its things. And I just tell you, reality is this, that it's the same thing in the same way. You can pray at home. You can enjoy good Christian music at home, and I trust you do these things. You can listen to preaching at home. But the presence of God is in this place in a special way when we gather together. When we assemble as the family of God to worship our Lord and Savior and to draw near unto Him, God is here in a special way. His presence is evident. Man, I love that. That ought to excite you and I when we think about going to church and God's going to be there. God's going to show up and I, I don't want to miss it. See, last week in verses 19 through 21, we saw that picture that Paul provided, and that of the temple and the Holy of Holies and the veil that hung there. Remember, that veil was established to keep people out, and it was a great picture uh, of separating man from the presence of God, and it certainly, in many ways, represented how our sin keeps us from God. But this morning, we have come to worship God. We have come to draw near. We have come to go behind that veil and experience and enjoy the very presence of God. So let us draw near this morning. Let us come together to draw near. Let us uh, gather uh, close and sit at our feet of our Savior. We have gathered to enter the Holy of Holies. We are not here merely to enjoy beautiful music, not to see one another, though these are all beneficial, not just to hear a sermon. We have assembled to see Christ and experience it. Let us draw near. Every time we walk in here, Every time you and I gather for a service, it ought to be, man, I'm going to meet God. I want God's presence. I want to experience that personally. I want to enter into his presence. And may I just tell you, for those of us who've been saved a little bit of time, for those of us who've been saved a while, the longer we are believers, the more we travel down this path known as a relationship with Christ, the more we ought to value the privilege and duty of worship, both private and public, both individual and corporate. What a value that. There ought not to be a day go by that you and I don't enjoy worshiping God and entering in his presence in that a service that ought not to go by that we don't enjoy saying, hey, I'm entering into the very presence of God. I'm exalting him. But may I tell you, both individual and corporate, both public and private worship is necessary. But listen to me and listen to me very carefully. One is not a substitute for the other. One is not a substitute for the other. Please get that. See, your private worship cannot replace the assembling together, just as the assembling together cannot replace your private worship. Worship is vital, vitally important in both ways, both individually and corporately. You say, why is worship important? Well, why is a worship service so crucial? Why do we assemble and gather to, to worship God? Is it because we can add something to the glory of God? Is it because we can make him more exalted or we can enhance his holiness or his perfectness? Well, we can certainly in our own hearts as we gather and worship him increase our estimation, our valuation of God in our own hearts and thinking. 
We can make him more exalted in our own hearts. Certainly, that's the case. The fact is this. You and I can't add anything to the glory of God. We can't do that. That's, that's not why we gather to worship. We gather to recognize his glory and certainly to increase our own understanding and evaluation of him. Our worship doesn't help him in that way of increasing his glory, yet it is clear from the scriptures, and I'm thankful for this, that God enjoys our praise and worship. You've heard me quote it before. There's a verse in the Old Testament that speaks of God inhabiting our praise. I love that. Because God cares when you and I gather together today and we praise and worship him and we sing songs of worship and praise. In our own hearts, we adore him and we exalt him and we just praise him for who he is. And whether here or at home, whatever the case may be, he enjoys that and he relishes that, we might say. But what I think is most important and interesting is this, what worship does for us. See, a wise person once observed this truth. We become like what we worship. We become like what we worship. Say, Pastor Henry, why, why should we anticipate entering and experience the presence of God, Jesus Christ, every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night? Why should we look forward to coming in the very presence of God? Because we want to worship him, and in worshiping him, guess what? We get to become more like him. As we exalt him for who he is, as we focus and fixate our minds and our hearts on his character, we get to become like him. See, here's the reason. Now think about it. Here's the reason that throughout the Bible, God speaks time and time again about the error in danger of idolatry. Because Christ knew that if the Israelites or others go and worship an idol, an idol made by hand, a false god described by man that might live in the heavens or whatever the case may be, the fact is um, they'll become like that idol. For us today, we can make greed an idol, and boy, making greed an idol causes us to become more greedy. You can make lust an idol, and boy, you worship that lust it will cause you to be full of loss, to increase in it. Someone has said it this way, the man molds the idol, and the idol molds the man. It's true. Whatever in your life that you make an idol, boy, you can make a Hollywood star an idol, and boy, you can become like him. You can make an athlete a star or an idol in your life, uh, somebody you worship, and boy, you can become like him. And in most cases, that is not a good thing. You can make something and take it and make it an idol, and you can start worshiping in your life. You can worship the almighty dollar, and my friend, you can become full of greed. It'll ruin you. And yet the same is true in worshiping God. You say, Pastor Henry, why, why ought we to come and worship? Well, the Bible says, let us draw near, and part of drawing near, praise be unto him, you and I can grow to be like Christ every time we come. We can grow in the very likeness of God. Can I put it this way? The consistent Assembling together to worship God and to draw near to him is part of the means by which we take on Christ's likeness. So you've heard me pray it often. I, uh, it's so very true, and I would pray it privately and publicly. Lord, help us to leave here better than how we arrived. Better than we came. Is that why, Pastor Him, is that because you want the message or the music to change us? God may choose to use that, but I'll tell you, the number one agent of change is for you and I to come in the presence of God. 
And the music and the preaching ushers us into the presence of God, but it is Christ who changes people. Certainly his power for word is a tool and an aid, the music and the preaching of that word. And yet it is Christ who changes us. So can I put it this way? Worship should change us. Every time we come in here to worship our God, it should be an act of the spiritual hammer and chisel going to work to bring us into the very likeness of Christ. And I want that for my life, don't you? Don't you want it that every time we come to worship, that, man, God's doing a reverse work on me. Yes, I'm bringing him glory and honor. I'm exalting him in my own heart. But at the same time, man, it pays off for me. And I'm grown in the very likeness of Christ. So this morning, we see that we don't want to forsake the assembling ourselves together, as verse 25 says it, so much the more. Why? Because in this assembly, we get to enjoy and experience the presence of our Savior like nowhere on earth. It means today we want to come here this morning in this service, we want to draw near. That's a good thing. But did you catch what verse 22 says? Oh, don't miss it. It says, yeah, let us draw near, but don't come empty-handed. Don't come unprepared. You might say there's a little bit of a prerequisite here in verse 22. Because there's a clear, obvious addition here. He says, let us draw near, and he says this, with, with. What's the first thing we see if you look at verse 22? He says, let us draw near with a true heart. We would describe that obviously coming in sincerity, a sincere heart. Have you shown up here today with the sincerest, truest of purposes to draw near to God? I showed up today, I came to church, not out of obligation, not out of some other reason, but I have come in a, with a true heart to draw near unto my God and my Savior. I didn't come just to serve in a particular ministry. I didn't come just to see another person. I, I didn't come just because my husband or my wife wanted me to come. I didn't come just because my parents make me to, make me come. No, I came out of a sincere heart with a goal of drawing near unto God. Now listen to me. We ought to apply it immediately. In 2020, did I show up at every service and every Sunday, did I come to church with a sincere heart? Well, to be honest, there was this one Sunday I just kind of came out of obligation. May I tell you, 2021, so much the more. There ought to be every Sunday and every service you and I show up here and say, listen, you know what? Yeah, I may have a ministry to work in. I may feel I have a little bit of obligation to be here and so forth, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here to draw close to my God. I'm here to come into the very presence, to enjoy and experience the presence of my God. So much the more in 2021. It isn't about requirements and obligations. It's not about ministry. It's not about that. Those things are great and wonderful, but I am here to see my God. May I tell you, so much the more as you see the day approaching. That we draw near unto him, that we have a sincere heart wanting to see him. You say, oh, Pastor Henry, is that really a problem? Can I tell you it's a problem in Christ's day, and you better be guaranteed it's a problem today. Jesus Christ said it and made it very clear. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8, he said this, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You say, can that happen today? Oh, yeah. I would just submit to you the example of America. 
For decades, this nation kind of drew near into God or at least paid him lip service. Can I tell you? But our nation's heart was far from God. And you know what we're reaping today? We're past giving him lip service. We're just dismissing God left and right. That's what happens. So don't let it be just lip service. Don't come to church out of obligation or ministry to work in. Don't do that. You come to church to worship your God, to draw near unto him, to gather together and see God manifested in a way that it doesn't happen anywhere else because this is his church. Well, please make sure this isn't you today, that you didn't walk in with an insincere heart, an untrue heart. He adds to this from verse 22. He says, hey, don't come empty-handed. You come with a sincere heart. But number two, you come uh, with an assured heart. He says, in full assurance of faith. It is a heart in full assurance of faith. The idea that there's no doubt that I am part of the family of God. And there's no doubt that I have a personal relationship with Christ. I think that's so crucial. And the first thing anybody should deal with at church is to make sure I'm saved. I trusted in Jesus Christ in full assurance that I am his and he is mine, that I am part of the family of God. But then if you are sure of that, you ought to come to full assurance of faith. What I mean by that, did you walk by faith this week? The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Did you walk by faith this week? I fear sometimes, sometimes we, we go throughout the entire week and we don't live by faith. We live by our own reasoning. We live by our own thinking. We live by our own decisions. And then we come to, to Sunday and we want to live by faith. We want to worship by faith. May I tell you that's exactly what Paul is exposing. He says, you come in full assurance of faith. That your life is all about faith and trust in God. No matter what happens, no matter what, what, what occurs, you're trusting God. You're you're living by faith. Because my friend, when you live by faith, listen to me, you can't get here soon enough to see the object of your faith. You've been trusting him all week, and boy, yes, you've experienced in your own personal times of devotion and, and worship the, the presence of God, and we're thankful for that. But my goodness, it's a delight to come into the presence and the, the assembly and the gathering of God's family and experience and enjoy his presence. Because I've had faith in him all week. I've walked by faith. And now I need to get to worship him in that faith. You see, the fact is this. It ought to be that you and I are here today because this is where one of faith belongs. And I am such. I, I have faith. I trust in God. I believe God. I, I want to walk by faith. And so if that's the case, my friend, this is the house of faith. Amen. We've expressed our faith in Christ for salvation where every day we're walking by faith in him as our God, as our Lord and Savior, as my sovereign. Then today, I want to draw near with a heart full of assurance of faith. He goes on, and this is an interesting one he has. Okay? He says this, he, he admonishes us to draw near with a heart whose conscience is free of conviction. He, he puts it in a most interesting way. He kind of keeps up with the picture of the temple. He says this, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled, sprinkled from an evil conscience. Okay? Do you remember with me in the Old Testament? What would happen when the high priest would go in the Holy of Holies and he had some known unconfessed sins? The Bible, God says that he would be struck down dead. 
He'd be struck down dead. That that high priest, he entered into that presence and he would be struck down dead because he entered with some known unconfessed sin. Well, I'm, I'm not telling you that if you and I come into a worship service with known unconfessed sin in our life and heart that we're going to be struck down dead. If that were the case, it would be better to put this altar not in here but out there so we could take care of it before we got in. Amen? I'm not saying that at all. Okay? But what I am saying is this. Think of it with me carefully. If we come in to worship and draw near to God with known and unconfessed sin in our hearts and lives, it's about as fruitless as the high priest entering the Holy of Holies with unconfessed sin. Catch that? How fruitless, how fruitless, how unproductive was it for the high priest to go into the Holy of Holies having sin that he hasn't confessed because the reality is, as soon as he stepped behind that veil, God struck him down dead. He couldn't offer the atonement for the nation. He couldn't do what was necessary, part of the requirement. It was fruitless. I tell you today, if you and I have come here and we've gathered and there is still yet known unconfessed sin in our life, it's somewhat fruitless unless we take care of it. Unless being here moves us and challenges us to take care of that. It's really going to be a waste of coming into this building unless we deal with it. You might as well rather go in a barn with the animals instead because you ain't going to be able to draw near to God when there's unconfessed sin there. So when we draw near, Paul is saying, make sure there's no sin. Make sure your conscience is sprinkled, it's free of sin and evil, that there's nothing that your conscience say, hey, 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 wait a second, you just sing about you being resolved to no longer linger, but in this area, you're in the world, friend. Your conscience say, no, wait a second, you heard that, you're not doing what's right here. Your conscience sprinkled, it's free of this. It's free of guilt and condemnation. Boy, how crucial is that? Because we're not going to be able to draw near. Take care of that wrongdoing uh, that the Holy Spirit, through your conscience, uh, has put his finger on as being undealt with, unconfessed, unforsaken. Now, that's so crucial. Now, don't miss this. So crucial. You say, why is it crucial? Because I cringe when I hear someone say something to this effect. Well, I just didn't get anything out of the service today. Listen to me. Listen carefully. Well, I just didn't get anything out of the service today. And they might think that's all, that's just a critique on the preacher, his sermon, maybe on the musicians, maybe just how the, the, the spirit there today in that church and so forth as a whole. But the Bible's clear in this passage and in others, the problem doesn't lie anywhere but in one's own heart, if that's what you say. It means that your heart isn't sincere and true. Your heart was suffering, suffering maybe from faith problems, faith issues. You haven't been living by faith. Maybe your heart was harboring some sin somewhere that you are not totally cleansed from sin and consecrated to God this past week. See, you say, I, I want to get something out of this message. I love that, and certainly some people pray that. I, I think uh, some have even prayed it from this pulpit, and they say, hey, Lord, help us to get something out of the message. Amen, I agree with that, but do you realize what the something is? Paul tells us you and I ought to draw near unto God. 
You and I ought to experience and enjoy the very presence of God. You and I ought to worship him today and enter into his presence. And my friend, there are some prerequisites. There are some things that Paul says that God says, don't come empty-handed. You need to have a sincere heart. You need to have a heart that is in full assurance of faith. You need to have a heart that is free of conviction in your conscience, that there is something in your life that is not right. You see, as much as we want it to be, it's not a referendum on anyone else or anything else. Our own words condemn us. It is a condemnation of our own heart. I can't say it any clearer. If you and I leave a service and we say, well, I just didn't get anything out of that. You know whose fault, whose feet that lies at? Right here. You and I. Because we failed to enter into and draw near unto our God to experience and enjoy his presence. There's one last thing that Paul adds, and it plays into this. It really gives it some emphasis. He says this, we ought to draw close or draw near with a cleansed and consecrated body. Now that's interesting. Notice it. Verse 22, he says this, and our bodies washed with pure water. Why the body? Well, it isn't making sure that we took a shower this morning or last night. Though that's a good idea, and we highly recommend that. Okay? That's not what it's speaking about. It's speaking of the same thing that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. Don't miss it. Okay? In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 and following, notice what he wrote. He said this, husbands, excuse me, husbands, uh, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 26, that it might be, or that he might, excuse me, sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That's an interesting statement. He said, hey, be washed. Have your bodies washed if you're right. Then it goes on to say, why? Why does he want to be washed? He says this, that he might present himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it might be holy and without blemish. What is this that he's speaking of as far as, as he puts it in verse 22, our bodies washed with pure water? What's well, the pursuit of spiritual cleanness and consecration of my living or in my living that through the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit that is to be happening all day, all week, all the time? See, it's this mentality and this practice of God daily through the Holy Spirit just cleansing me and washing me so that when I come in to worship Him, it isn't the idea that I am just 100% free of sin. We know uh, that's unlikely, but the reality is this. I'm ready to take care of any sin and enter into worship, to draw near. As I enter into this place of worship to God, to draw near to Him, to experience and enjoy His presence, I can come with a heart and a body that are prepared to be in His presence. Hey, again, it's not that we're perfect when we're coming in. It's not that there's nothing to be fixed, no sin to be dealt with. But rather, as we enter into worship, as we draw close to him, that if there's something not addressed or not fixed, not confessed, that we have the faith, that full assurance of faith. We have the heart, the level of consecration that moves us to take care of it, ASAP, immediately. Have you ever been in that position where you came into the service and and maybe right away as we began to sing a song, the Holy Spirit put his finger on something in your life that wasn't right. 
Maybe there was an attitude. Maybe there was a sin of, of word or whatever the case may be. Maybe there was just something you neglected to do this week that you knew God wanted you to do. And, and even through the, the, the music service and leading up in the preaching, boy, the Holy Spirit was already at work in your heart. And long before an altar call, long before any time where someone encouraged you to deal with that sin, you, you kind of bowed your head, you prayed as we're trying to enter into the very presence of God. You say, God, I need to take care of this. If this worship service is going to be what it needs to be, if I'm going to enter into the very presence of God, I need to take care of that. And isn't it neat that when you and I take care of sin, unconfessed, known sin, that that can help us to draw even closer to our God as we deal with it? Can I tell you, our theme is simply this, so much the more. And if we were to apply and say, okay, what's today's takeaway? It would simply be this. Number one, let us draw near. When Paul writes in verse 25, he says, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. He gives the reasons why before he gives that encouragement, that exhortation. Why? Because we need to draw near. So let us draw near. Why? Why should we draw near? We ought to draw near to experience and enjoy the very presence of our God. Did you come in here today looking forward to meet with your God? Can I just implore you, may I exhort you, maybe we need to change our mindset. Sometimes Sunday mornings get so hectic and so crazy, we're just glad we made it here. We're glad everything came together. Well, that's good and bad. It's good you made it, that everything came together. But I'll tell you, is our heart ready? Are we ready to draw near, to come into his presence, to enjoy and experience it? Okay, you know what else Paul says? There's There's a how to it. How are we to come? Well, with a sincere heart, an assured heart, a heart whose conscience is free of conviction, and a cleansed and consecrated body. I would add this, and English teachers would love us using all these questions, right? To what extent? Nice adverb question, right? To what extent? Well, he says, so much the more. Would you make it a daily checklist as you come to the service, as we come back tonight or next Sunday morning? When you come back, would you say, okay, is my heart sincere? Is it, sincere? Is it a true heart? N- number two, not only do I have a sincere, but is it, have I lived by faith? Am I really walking by faith this moment? And as I come in to draw near unto God and to enjoy and experience his presence, then am I really walking by faith? And then number three, would you make it a, on your checklist? Hey, is my conscience free of conviction? There's, is there anything that I've just kind of shoved under the rug, something the Holy Spirit's convicted me of, and I, I've just kind of ignored it, and I, I've just kind of shoved it to the side, and I haven't dealt with it? Is there anything like that? And then am I coming and drawing close with a consecrated and cleansed heart and body? To what extent? So much the more. You say, when ought we to do that? As you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching. And my friend, Jesus Christ's return draws nearer every day. And so what ought we to do? Not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. When we do assemble, is it come to just sit in a pew and sing a song, hear a sermon? No way. It's so that you and I would draw near unto God to experience and enjoy His presence. How do I do that? Sincere heart. A faith that is full of assurance. A heart that is free of conviction of a conscience. Would you do it so much the more this year? It's God's desire. Will your desire match his?
Father, we thank you for your word and the truth of it, the challenge that it is. And Father, I am well aware that as we strive and desire to, to do these things so much the more, that Father, it's going it's to reprioritize some things in our life. It's going to get us thinking and challenge us about how we approach worshiping you, how we approach coming to church. And Father, I pray would do so. I pray your Holy Spirit would take the truth of this word, this passage, and drive it deep in our hearts and our minds. From the youngest to the oldest here, Lord, I, I pray that we would just have a heart to do worship as you've designed it, as you've called us to do. And Father, I pray that when we gather as a church, it would not just simply be going to church, but Father, it would be all about enjoying and experiencing your presence here, worshiping you. And Father, I pray that we in our hearts and minds would make sure that our, our hands are full. We're not coming empty-handed, but we, our hands are full of a sincere heart, a faith full of assurance and Father, I pray that we would be free of conviction of our conscience. Lord, I pray that 2021 would be a year in which we have the best worship services at Foster Baptist Church than we've ever had. May our hearts and our minds be ready and prepared. May we draw close to you in these moments and in these times through the music, through the preaching, through even the times that we hear praises and prayer requests. Father, whatever we are doing in our worship service, may we simply draw near unto you. In the days in between, as we gather together, may the anticipation and expectation grow for being in your presence. And Father, may we not forsake it, but may it be so much the more as we see Christ soon return. Father, help us, strengthen us. May your Holy Spirit every day remind us of these things. And may we draw near unto thee. Father, bless in this invitation. You know where we're at. You know the heart of every person gathered here, those joining us via live streaming. I just pray that you would do a work in us so that we can fulfill your call to so much the more. 